Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Across from me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. You can get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Make sure you check out our interview with Josh Thompson promoting next weekend's Bellator 297 taking place at the Wintrust Arena right here in Chicago. That's Friday night, June 16th. Uh, at the Wintrust Arena, you can get your tickets now, Ticketmaster.com. You can also check it out on Showtime. But we have a UFC 289 to preview. It's going to be awesome. It's got some great fights here on the card. We've got a title fight as the main event. Should be good. Should be a good one here, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely got two bangers at the uh, top of the marquee, if you will. Amanda Nunez, uh, you're returning. She's the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time, and I think she's on the Mount Rushmore of MMA, not just for women, but just in mixed martial arts in general, what she's been able to accomplish throughout her career, 35 years of age, still competing at the highest level, and then an absolute awesome fight between Benil Darius and the former UFC lightweight champion, Charles Oliveira. I can't wait for those two fights. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And that was a fight that was supposed to take place a few weeks ago. Uh, but now it was supposed to be two, UFC 288. But now we get it for UFC 289, and it makes this card that much better. But let's start as how our main card opens with Marc-Andre Barriol. Because this is in Canada. So you got to say it like that. Because this pay-per-view well, is taking how, place. That's how you say his in, name anyways. Okay. Well, I'm saying it like that anyway. How would you say it if it was, a, if it was not in Canada? If, Mark, it was a, uh, if I was here in Chicago, Marc-Andre Barriol. Okay. Mark Andre Barriolt against Eric Anders. <laughs> your, your boy. Eric or... Anders. Yes, Eric Anders is my boy. He was on the 2009 National Championship Alabama team. Uh, he is a plus 120 underdog against Mark Andre Barriolt. And <laughs> he's four and five in a no contest through his first 10 appearances here. Uh, he did fight at UFC 285. He did get a second round stoppage against Julian Marquez. Uh, but if this should be uh, his first appearance in Canada since his first two UFC starts. So can Mark Andre Barriolt? get a hometown win against the national champion in Eric Anders. I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to, to certainly do so. Uh, you know, Berrio hits with a lot of power, comes with a lot of aggression, doesn't like to uh, waste a lot of times in fights, whether it be him getting the finish or him being finished. Uh, this is one of the fights where an official play via Fat Jack Sports will not happen until – we see what Eric Anders looks like uh, at the weigh-ins. I mean, this is a guy that uh, continuously, just because of his build, has struggled with weight cuts, whether he's competing at 185 or 205. And and that r- really, because of his athleticism, his power, I mean, he was a big-time athlete that chose to transition to mixed martial arts. You know, quite frankly, he probably had an opportunity to play in the NFL, uh, but chose not to. Chose to explore the opportunity in mixed martial arts in the UFC, and, and credit where credit's due, he's been able to have a pretty long career at the top of the 185 or the 205-pound division. So first and foremost, it's a wait-and-see approach to see what he looks like. Um, but if he does look good on the scale, I think there's ample opportunity for Eric Anders uh, to be played as an underdog and not to placate you and make you feel good about yourself and your former Alabama Crimson Tide. He doesn't play for what? them anymore. I don't care what he does. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, a root for, I'm going to root for him. Uh, yeah, but, you have the affinity but, for But if he but loses, like, there's no, you know, I, I don't care. I mean, Barrio, Barrio is used to, uh, you know, muscling guys around, pressuring them and, and, and utilizing his power. But what we've seen happen before also is that guys that have some power as well, like a Chidi and Jaquani, you know, Anthony Hernandez when he submitted on uh, 
Andre Barrio like cause some issues for him. So if if Barrio's not able to bully his opponent, uh, it's a struggle. He did that against Julian Marquez. And I, and I look a moment of honesty here, as we always do on mixed martial arts in the, uh, on the MMA podcast. We were on Julian and Marquez's side. I, I'm a big I'm a big fader of uh, Barrio, Barrio, uh, whatever we're going to call Barrio. Burialt. Good old Burialt. Uh, so, look, I, I like the looks of just the matchup stylistically. Uh, Eric Anders is a big, you know, big fighter competing whatever division, again, he's competing at. Uh, so, I, I think right now as it stands, you need to play this fight right now. You play the under. You, you, or, I mean, excuse okay. me. You, you play Eric Anders on the, on the money line as a plus money, and you play the under because you're, 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 you're believing in the fact that maybe – the weigh-ins don't go well for Anders, or he struggles with some cardio like he has before. Burial is a pressure fighter, but Burial is also susceptible to the knockout. So, under two and a half, and Eric Anders would be my play for that particular fight. All right, so under two and a half is plus one thirty-five right now because if we go by method of victory, uh, Burial to win by decision is plus one seventy-five. Anders to win by decision is plus three hundred, and then you get. Uh, Burial to win by knockout is plus 330, and Anders to win by knockout is also plus 330, and then the submissions are just wild, so we're not even going to mention that. I, I don't believe that, 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 that those numbers really reflect because Burial has uh, eight decisions in his 22 fights, and uh, of the 23, uh, 10 uh, for Eric Anders has gone to the, the, the judges' scorecards. And you look at it like, what, two of the last three fights have gone inside the distance for Anders, one win, one loss, so... I really think that these two guys, because of how they match up stylistically, and they're not going to waste any time, and there's going to be a lot of pressure put up against each other. Both guys hit hard, have a lot of power, mm-hmm. susceptible to knock out the unders to play. All right, we'll go with the under there, plus 135. Our next fight, Dan Ige is minus 265 against Nate Landwehr, who's plus 200 in this matchup. Ige snapped a three-fight uh, losing streak last time out. He got a second-round stoppage win over Damon Jackson. And then you've got Nate the Train Landwehr. He got a second-round submission over Austin Lingo, and he's got a three-fight win streak coming to this. So the both guys coming off of wins, coming into this fight, but Ige the heavy favorite here at minus 265. Yeah, I mean, Nate, as he should be. I mean, Nate, look, Nate Landwehr fights at a ferocious pace. Uh, most of his fights are awesome. Uh, go back and watch the David Onama fight two fights ago. That was a fight he literally was finished twice, I think, in the first round. Overcame that and was able to get a majority decision victory over David Onama. So, you know, majority decision selling it was a 10-8 round in that first round. But uh, ferocious pace, uh, a lot of pressure, takedowns, strikes, gets in the pocket, and dirties things up. So that's the type of fight that, uh, you know, Nate Landwehr has, has built up. But that's the type of fighter he is. And, and look. When he gets caught, you know, he gets finished. Julian Arosa caught him with a flying knee. Herbert Burns caught him with a, with a flying knee. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's those situations that, that do occur with that. But uh, I think when you look at a guy like Dan Ige, he's surging. He looked brilliant in his last fight, the knockout of Damon Jackson, who was a longer fighter, very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu, probably a tough matchup for him, and he looked fantastic, so he was able to get off the schneid of that three-fight win streak. So... He's not going to be able to be taken down very easily that Nate Landwehr is going to want to do, and he's going to welcome kind of the pressure, and I think that Dan Ige hits with more power and uh, a type of fighter that has caused issues for Nate Landwehr before. So um, certainly Dan Ige can't be just on the money line. It's too big of a favorite right mm-hmm. now for him, so you got to look at what's going to put him into our parlay uh, as one of the fighters that we we like. But I also, I also don't think, like, 
believing in the total because Nate Landler is a tough out. I did mention those two not times that he was finished, but those are flying knees. You know, mm-hmm. we're not just mm-hmm. talking about like an overhand right. Uh, it's taken a, a significant strike to get him out, out of there. Danny Gay is, is really a, a traditional boxer in the sense, good body punches uh, that he brings. So I think he's just going to be able to keep this fight standing, do damage to Nate Landler. Nate Landler's also got a lot of, you know, laceration, scar tissue that have caused issues for him before. So I think Danny Eagle's going to be able to take advantage of that uh, and make it two wins in a row. Hey, if we go for some value hunting here, Ige to win by knockout is plus 165. Ige to win by decision is plus 180. Ige to win by submission is 7-1 to one at plus 700. And then you've got Landwehr to win by decision at plus 450. Uh, Landwehr to win by knockout is plus 700 and 12 to 1 to win by submission. Yeah, it just none of those props are really, you know, standing out to me. I I, I think the Danny is going to win the fight. I think he's just a better fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh is it his 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 uh schedule uh you know against upper level competition much better than than Nate Landwehr's strength of schedule. I think that certainly plays into it as well. Um and, and I think the Danny just has the skill set to get the win. All right, so we'll just stuff him into our parlay as we move on to our next fight. Mike Malad against Adam Fugit. Fugit is plus 180 as the underdog in this welterweight fight. Mike Malad is minus 235, so close to what we just saw from Ige and Landwehr uh, as the fight leading up to this uh, fight. But this one has the potential to go under. I'm looking at the under right now at two and a half. It is minus 255. So someone is going to get stopped because right now Malat has a 9-1-1 overall record. Each of those victories coming in the first five minutes. Yeah, Malat Malat does not waste any time. The guy is a a grappling and and Brazilian jiu-jitsu whiz has continued to evolve uh, as a striker, big-time talent out of Canada. The Canadian crowd is going to, you know, certainly love, you know, him and his friends. And I love the story that, like, he basically stopped his mixed martial arts career professionally fighting to get better. So he spent three years cornering UFC fighters and training, getting better in the grappling department, getting better in, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu department to feel the confidence to come back and actually get an opportunity to fight at the highest level. And he did that. He's got three impressive victories under the UFC banner, one on Dana White's Contender Series. Then he finished Mickey Gall in just uh, uh, under four minutes and, and did the same you know, his, his last time out. And Fugue gets a guy that's, I think, going to offer that opportunity that might, uh, uh, you know, Probably unceremoniously welcome, bet you know, to 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 a guy at the level of 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 Malat, and welcome a fight on the ground where that's not going to be a good recipe for him to go into. So Malat certainly, I actually feel comfortable just straight up on the money line as well. I think two thirty five might be a value if you can get it right now. I think that's probably going to balloon a little bit more. We'll put him in the parlay. Public, well, yeah, you would put him in the parlay, but I, you know, look. Public money is going to come in. We've seen it traditionally time and time again that when you get the hometown fighter, the home countryman fighting, mm-hmm. you know, against a non-countryman. So that's uh, just going to go Public up. money is going to mm-hmm. continue to floor in. And believe in that, that home field advantage. And there's some of that that does exist. There could be argument. Yeah. We've talked about Brazilian cards before and judges and, and crowds swaying and, you know, mm-hmm. the pop that, that you get from a fighter landing a strike, even though it's not a significant strike at all. But it's weighed in the judge's mind that it's a bigger strike because of the crowd reaction. But I think Malat certainly... Is is better in Fugit in, in every shape uh, that in, in every form of discipline that we have in mixed martial arts. We're going to put him in the parlay, but I also like him straight up on the money line. All right, so to do some value hunting here as well, Malat by knockout is plus two fifteen. Malat by submission is plus two hundred. 
Uh, Fugit by knockout is plus 400. And then Malat by decision is plus 600. And then Fugit by decision is plus 650. And submission's crazy, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think I think you might just want to look Malat inside the distance. Okay. Because, you know, he's an equal opportunist. You know, five submission wins and four uh, finishes via TKO. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just tries to find a way to get, get out of there. I, I think probably would lean towards submission just because we've seen that of two of his last three finishes. Uh, I think Fugit's a guy before that, that might be a little bit outclassed on the ground compared to the feet. So Malat uh, via submission might probably be my recommendation if you need to play a, uh, a prop. Okay, all right. And then we will go on to what was going to be a great fight at UFC 288, but it is now because of uh, injuries and whatnot been moved to UFC 289. You get Charles Oliveira against Benil Dariush. This is going to be a tremendous fight. Charles Oliveira is plus 120. He is an underdog against Benil Dariush at minus 155. What has Oliveira done to become an underdog? Oh, he lost one fight out of his last 12 fights, and that was to Islam Makashev in Abu Dhabi. So, I mean, yeah, okay. Okay, he's 11 and 1 in his last 12, but he's a plus 120 underdog. I have a feeling I know where you're going to yeah, go I mean, on this one. Obviously, I, I have love a feeling I love, I love you're going to know. Well, first and foremost, I just want the MMA gods to listen to me, please. I don't, I'm not a religious man, but please let these guys go to the ground at some point in the fight because mm-hmm. both of them are wizards yeah. on the ground, and I would just love to see that particular matchup. But quite frankly, what we're going to get when you get two wizards on the ground, mm-hmm. you, get a, you get a striking contest. Uh, the Muay Thai. The Muay Thai of Charles Oliveira is, is so impressive, and just how that has evolved over time and time. And, you know, look, he's utilized that to open up his mixed martial, his full mixed martial arts game, his submission game for sure, but also just, you know, go out there and, and finish guys. Michael Chandler, uh, you know, he got the betterment of, of Justin Gaging. Who would have believed that? And certainly the strength of schedule. We talked about that earlier with Dan Ige. Like, the strength of schedule is, it, it's it's nothing to, 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 to laugh about with Benio Darius, but Charles Alvarez is better. Yeah. It's just better. And, mm-hmm. and, and Benio Darius d- deserves to be in the spot, quite frankly. He probably should be fighting for a championship against Islam Makachev. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Benil Dariush, wizard on the ground, very good overhand right. He's got like the old man. Da- he's got the dad, you know, face, and and he's got the salt and pepper hair. He looks like he's you know oh, yeah. 55 years old. Should be you know killing people in the YMCA, but he's killing people still uh, <laughs> here in, in the UFC. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think you know still until he until I learn and see that the wheels have completely come off. Even though knowing the history that. Charles Oliveira was a 500 fighter until he got to the throne of being the lightweight kingpin of the world. Yeah. This is a guy that owns every imaginable UFC record for inside the distance, post-fight bonuses, submissions, um, and at plus money, a guy that's been there before and has yeah. had a couple more weeks to, to prepare for Benio Dariush and has been in five round, you know, f- preparing for five-round fights. I like him just straight up on the money line. Yeah. Um, I, I think if... I actually would be a little bit risky, and if I need to find a prop, you go with submission. I think he might be okay. able to snatch something up. All right, but how about inside or uh, how about just under? You know, there's a finish in this fight. Okay, uh, so Oliveira by by decision is six to one. Oliveira by submission is three to one. So that's the one that you were looking for. Oliveira by submission three to one. Oliveira to win by knockout is five and a half to one. Uh, Dariush to win by knockout is plus two twenty five. So that's the lowest odds on here. That's how Vegas believes this one could end if you were hunting for method of victory. Uh, Dariush to win by decision is plus three thirty, and Dariush 
to win by submission is plus 500. But I, I could sniff this one out. When I was doing prep for this one, I was like, Jordan's going to go with Oliveira. Like, you're getting plus money on one of the best fighters ever. Like the, the like you said, the multiple records that he holds. So he, lo- he lost one fight out of his last 12 fights. Yeah. But, and he's an underdog. You're getting plus money. I'll take it. But Benil Darius hits, hits hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He hits hard. And look, he, you know, he finished Scott Holtzman. He knocked out your car close. So, you know, he's he's finished guys before. Charles Oliveira, you know, we, we definitely question his chin at, at, at times. And he's been knocked down. He was knocked down in the Dustin Poirier fight. He was knocked mm-hmm. down in the Justin Gagey fight. He was knocked down in the Michael Chandler fight. Won those fights. Uh, so, uh, and, and, you know, look, I don't know how Martis Gamrot uh, survived the Benito Del Rio strike that he, he hit him with in, in round number two of that fight. But great. This is a great fight. And please, MMA guy, just let him go to the ground. At least I want, <laughs> I want to see what happens. All right. I'm going to preemptively put Amanda Nunez into our parlay here at minus 350 as she takes on Irene Aldana here at plus 255. Aldana is the underdog, but this one is your title fight. Uh, and obviously, uh, the last time we saw Nunez, she had a two-fight series with Juliana Pena. She has the title once again. Aldana was supposed to be fighting Raquel Pennington uh, in a title eliminator fight, basically. Whoever won was going to get the next title shot. But uh, Pena got hurt, and then so we were going to see another fight between Amanda Nunez and Pena, but Pena got hurt. So now Aldana gets to go in and get the, the title shot early without having to wait for this. Yeah, but I, I think Aldana, you can argue that she should be fighting for a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, she showcased before those, those skills, even though she's, she's had a couple blemishes on her uh, mixed martial arts record. She's an outstanding boxer. Just go back and look at what she did to Ketlin Vieira, knocking her out in the first round a couple mm-hmm. of fights ago. That was uber impressive. I, I, I think she's 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 not as well versed on the ground uh, with a, with Amanda Nunez, but certainly comfortable uh, on the ground. Same reach, same height, same age uh, that Amanda Nunez. So uh, when you look at the goat, when you look at the champ, 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 uh, you got to look motivation still. It's you know 35 years of age. I mean, she could, she could retire and she could have her own wing in uh, in the mixed martial arts yeah. hall of fame. Uh, so what's the motivation? She's about to become mom for the second time. Uh, you know she. I think people question her motivation in the first Juliana Pena fight. Maybe took that fight lightly. She came back with a vengeance. Yeah. She came back like, you know, prototypical. Uh, it's Amanda about legacy. The so, motivation is legacy, though, right? It, it, that's, yeah, the, it, that's the motivation. It's continuing to have it, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't think she wants to hang up, uh, you know, the, the title with a loss. She wants to hang up the title with, with a win, and maybe mm-hmm. this could be it. Um, Ooh, watch for the gloves. Watch for the gloves. But then again, she still has the, the 145-pound title, too, that That's has true. no fighters in the weight class. But she's still the champ of the weight class. Uh, hmm. another, another argument for another day. Um, I think that this actual fight, le- and, and I'm, I think in a minority here, it, it leads to a, a longer fight. The odds at 3.5 are plus money. The odds at 4.5 are plus money. But I think just stylistically... Uh, where Amanda Nunez is going to have to gain the advantages during this fight up, pushing uh, Aldana up against a cage and dirty boxing and you know working in some takedowns. So I, I think that this one is maybe going to the judges' scorecards. Well, I- I'll tell you this. As far as odds go, over 2.5 at minus 130 is not horrible. That's good value, I think. For If you think it's going to go over 3, over 4, we're going to go to 5 here, that this is over 2.5, minus 130 – not bad well, at all. That might be the safest place to go because, I mean, look, the, the only argument against that is, you know, obviously Amanda Nunez is, has finished people very early in fights. Yeah, she, her odds to win by knockout are even money. Right. So, so that's the lowest we've seen this whole podcast on the yeah. board. Yeah. And, 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 and on top of that, too, you know, she has been susceptible at times. We saw in the Pena fight. We saw it in a, in a fight uh, way back when against Katzengano. 
uh, where she, 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 her cardio, uh, you know, is, is an issue. Now, we, we think she's resolved that because, you know, she's had several title fights where she looked great into the fifth round. Mm-hmm. But that's because she's been dominating a fighter and, and just taking advantage of her, maybe takes her, her pedal off the gas. Uh, Aldana can go five rounds. So um, there's a risk in, in that because Amanda's a killer and because she, she has some cardio issues. But I, I'm confident in it. Just stylistically, I think it's a, it's, you, you have to be cerebral. That's what Amanda's going to do. So she's, she's in our fugit Ige parlay. If we could get all three in there, but I think Armalot, Ige, Nunez, Parlay. What did I say? You said Fugit. Okay, no, he's not winning that fight. My lot's winning. <laughs> uh, and over. Over two and a half, over three and a half, over okay. four and a half. We'll play all right, so we'll take the safe one for the picks and go over two and a half at minus 130 for that fight. We're also taking Charles Oliveira, plus 120, Malat by submission, and then the Anders under in that fight uh, in the Barrield Eric Anders fight, under two and a half at plus 135 in that fight. Uh, and our parlay right now, unless you've got something you want to add to it, is Dan Ige, Mike Malat, and Amanda Nunez. That pays plus 172. Is there anything else in the uh, prelims that you're looking at or maybe something we can add uh, to our parlay here? I mean, I think, you know, she's a big-time favorite. She should be, and I think she's going to overwhelm her opponent. Miranda Maverick, mm-hmm. minus three, th- 320 via FanDuel. Let's, let's throw her in there and make it a four-fight parlay. Okay, so that four-fight parlay, Ige, Malat, Nunez, and Maverick pays plus 265, so bet 100, win $265. Bet 10, win $26.5, whatever you want to do. Uh, so you can uh, do that if you want to. Also, bet our other picks. If you want all of the official picks from Jordan, you can head to fatjacksports.com. Sign up there. Obviously, we've got the NBA Finals for a little bit longer. We've got the Stanley Cup Final for a little bit longer. Baseball's in full swing, pun definitely intended and uh, the NFL season and NCAA football are just around the corner so make sure you get signed up at fatjacksports.com you can follow Jordan on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000 you can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and we will be back with you next week for another episode of the unnamed MMA podcast thanks for listening